0: This is the. This is the. This is the brain. This is the brain language. This is the brain language, this is the brain language podcast. This is the brain language podcast. This is the
1: brain language podcast. Welcome to the Brain Language Podcast, where we discuss NLP concepts to help improve your business and your life. I'm Alex Toline here with Susan Stageman, the extraordinary NLP practitioner teacher.
0: Thank you, Alex. Yes, I'm Susan Stageman. (laughs) And we've got, I think, a pretty interesting show coming up, especially for us in the U.S. who are some people haven't decided on who they're going to vote for yet. So I thought we could talk about, you know, what to do when we can't
1: decide. That's great. I don't know. What do you do when you can't decide?
0: Well, I have a little process that I go through and I'm going to share it with you today because, It's a process that I actually developed with a client when they couldn't decide on something. There's definitely reasons why you can't decide. It's just not indecision. Although I will say this, that decisiveness tends to plague a lot of people. And we can really appreciate it because it has a positive intent. And I I say this because... It's a strategy. Being indecisive is a strategy all by itself. So, how do you decide to be indecisive?
1: <laughs> After you tell me.
0: You you decide not to decide. You know, it's it's the same thing as no response is a response. You're making a decision not to make a decision. That's funny. So, yeah. See, the idea here is that Regardless of what you're doing, by not doing something, you're actually doing it. So, not deciding is a decision. Not responding is a response. Being confident, you know, not being confident is being confident that you're not confident.
1: <laughs> right. I've, I've I've actually seen this strategy play out, where hey, I'm going to take a, a kind of a, a simple thing that a lot of us have been through: going to dinner. Right. So, I ask my sure. wife where you want to go to dinner and. She said, I don't know. And I'll give her three options. And I think she was just eliciting uh, eliciting more information by being indecisive so she could tell me that those are not the choices that I, she should be thinking of, right? Right. <laughs> I, say right that jo- exactly. I say that jokingly, but everybody's been kind of through that. But yeah, just getting more information. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's part of the strategy that I'm going to share with folks today is, that part of the reasons you can't decide is you don't have enough information. With enough information, it usually is pretty easy to decide. You know, a lot of times indecisiveness gets in our way and the outcomes, and we can't move forward in a particular area. So, you know, oftentimes that indecisiveness can really protect us from making a big mistake. And I think that that's one of the big positive intentions of not deciding is, being in a protection mode uh, because we don't want to make a mistake. It does become, I think, a little pathologic when you never decide because you're so afraid of making a mistake. That's called perfection. And of course, there is no such thing as perfection. It's just simply we must be able to decide at some point. And sometimes we have to decide at the spur of the moment. And sometimes we have to decide without a lot of um, information we just have to use intuition so we'll discuss all of that as we go through the show so being indecisive has its benefits Uh, but when you're indecisive and you don't want to be when you know that you either must or need to make a decision it can really be a showstopper
1: all right so what causes indecisiveness
0: so a lot of times what happens is we don't have, we already talked about this, we don't have enough information and uh, we haven't really made a decision to decide. Oftentimes there's a conflict in there, of course, but we get to the place where we don't understand what the conflict's about. So say for instance. A person, and these come out of my personal experience with coaching people. I want to take a job at company X, or I want to develop my internet business, or I want to start my own business. So people get stuck on this surface decision rather than looking at more deeper outcomes that oftentimes will give us answers say for instance, a deeper than those two outcomes of working at company X, whatever that is, or developing my own internet business, the deeper outcome would be, do I want to control my own destiny do I want to be my own boss? Or do I want to work up the ladder within a company structure because it's more secure? Mm-hmm. So now we're getting into more of the real reason that we can't decide because we're talking about freedom and security, being free to make choices, you know, on a day-to-day basis or being secure because there's a company structure behind me and a paycheck, etc. cetera.
1: Right.
0: So for some people, controlling their own destiny and uh, being willing to start from scratch and building their own ladder is much preferred. And going back to the meta programs that we talked about earlier this year, a lot of times people who are independent workers who like working alone and find it difficult to delegate things, that's a perfect perfect choice for them because they're not going to be hassled by a bunch of other people that they have to hire. And of course, sometimes the business grows and they do hire people, but it's something that they do have control over rather than being put into a situation where they working for someone that they don't like or is not very competent.
1: So this kind of comes back to what are my real outcomes about
0: Exactly. And,
1: and putting, you know, how does that fit into to what I really, really want?
0: Right. And part of it is, Alex, of course, long term. You know, sometimes people get get into the weeds, as I say, about making <laughs> a decision that maybe is today and maybe over the next year or so, but not looking long term, where do they want to be in 20 years? Where do they want to be, you know, in 30 years? So I think that obviously knowing your meta programs is important because if you are like the independent worker or you are an independent worker like myself, I like working alone. I have a very difficult time delegating things. It works perfectly <laughs> for me. But you know, if people like to work around people, working out of your home by yourself could be just unbelievably nerve wracking and unproductive. I mean, those people, we've talked about this before, but those are the people you look for in Starbucks. You know, they're all in there and their little chairs and tables working away independently, but they like to be around other people. Another, I was just going to say another factor for making decisions is that convincer mode. We talked about this earlier. You know, so this is where self awareness is the key. If you don't know your metaprograms, For work, then you may choose positions that you really aren't suited for. That convincer mode, if you haven't met it, in other words, if it has to be over a period of time or it's got to be a number of times and you haven't met that, what'll happen is you'll never, you're not convinced. You're not convinced that this is the right decision. And that can lead to some angst. The other part of that is that you might automatically be convinced and later find out that you were a little too hasty, that you didn't have complete information. And of course, the other pattern of the convincer mode is consistent, which means you're really never convinced, but you have taken jobs before and they seem to turn out okay. But whatever the mode, it it has to be met to be convinced that something is going to be right for you for good.
1: Yeah, I was kind of moving on to... It sounds like we're talking a little bit about the problems that your indecisiveness or not knowing some of the some of the outcomes. What else fits kind of that? Uh, other problems that this could cause,
0: right? So obviously, one of the big problems is, is that you don't progress, you don't move in your career. Sometimes the opportunity will pass you by. I mean, even in personal decisions about. You know, buying a house or a car, or having children. I mean, those are those are big. You know, having kids is a big decision, and sometimes people have a hard time deciding. Well, is this going to be right for me? Is it not going to be right for me? I mean, you could could do. I want to get married. Do I not want to get married? You know, okay. so these are big life changing decisions, and at some point, it may pass you by. You may get past the the time frame of having children by waiting so long. So oftentimes we miss out on opportunities when we have a hard time making a decision.
1: All right. Well, I hope everybody has the pen out so we can make sure we're going to be making good decisions from here on out.
0: Right. It was uh, a good decision for them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so let's go back to conflicts for a minute. Okay. I always recall being in your class and you talking about the classic double bind, you know, one of those things that oh, yeah. uh, that keeps people from really making decisions. Can you expand on that? And
0: Yeah. A double bind is having two choices that regardless of what you choose, it's like a catch 22, you know, that was something that We had to read in literature when we were young. I don't know if people still read that or not. But catch 22 is, you know, here's here's a decision. And regardless of what I decide, there are negative ramifications for it. So, or negative consequences. So it's like you're damned if you do or damned if you don't. And they can be paralyzing when you have to make a decision because you're not looking at two things that have a lot of positivity that are surrounding them. So Two Two things
1: you'd like to move away from then.
0: Right, two things you'd like to move away from, and yet there they are. At some point you have to decide, and regardless of the decision, there are going to be negative consequences. And a lot of times we get into that. That's what therapists do a lot of times is help people walk through, talk through, therapeutic double binds, where you want to, if you do this, this will happen, or if you do this, this will happen, and neither of them are really great happenings.
1: So how do you resolve the double bind?
0: So obviously, there are a couple of things that you could do to resolve double binds. From an NLP perspective, sometimes really exploring the positive intention of each getting a lot of information, sometimes, and you may have had this experience, Alex, uh, as I have, is sometimes you make a decision, it really wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. Right. It's not necessarily like Sophie's choice. It's, uh, <laughs> it's more of a situation where you built a lot of things, negative consequences inside your head. But in the final analysis, it wasn't nearly as bad as you thought it was. And the thing about being decisive or making decisions is that you can redecide later. But I think the best scenario is to go ahead and make a decision and then deal with the consequences of it
1: yeah you know as a professional trader investor that's something i learned very early on is that it won't be the last trade you ever make and you can always decide to get rid of it so
0: right exactly and if you practice doing little decisions then i think it builds the decision you know muscle so to speak and uh, i used to have a friend of mine who used to call that the last exit syndrome where, you know, you're driving along, and you see an exit, and you're not sure this is before GPS of course, but you weren't <laughs> sure there was going to be another exit. So you're going, do I get off? Do I get on? Do I get off? Do I get on? And um, he called that the last exit syndrome. And because I'm so aware of it, I can catch myself going, okay, this isn't the last thing that I'm, you know, this isn't the last <laughs> decision I'm going to, have. I I remember one time, and this is kind of frivolous, but it, it to me, it points out the situation that we get ourselves in. I was going to a significant party and I wanted to have a nice dress. So I go over to Neiman Marcus and they were having sales. And so I bought a couple of things and I thought, well, I'll just take them home and try them on and let the person that I was going with give me some feedback, right? Yeah. Well, what happened was I liked them both so much and they were, you know, Neiman Marcus is not cheap. I mean, there was, I really needed to be prudent. So I really needed to decide which one I was going to do. And you know, that I was telling him, I said, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know I shouldn't keep that one outfit. I need to take it back. And he said, you know, Susan, even Marcus is never going to run out of beautiful things. <laughs> and to me, it just brought out the fact that okay, we can get so stuck in these little things, you know, paper or plastic. For crying out loud, just get it. You can do it the next <laughs> one another time. It You don't have to make it a big deal. And when you do, then all that energy that goes into that, you siphon away from some of the big decisions you may have to make. So
1: That's interesting. Th- just because... You know, little anchors will come with that. If if you pick plastic and it made you feel bad, you probably won't do it again. it be an right. easy decision exactly. next time. So <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. So yeah, you pay attention when you decide. How do you feel? If you yeah. don't like your feeling, then you can redecide. It there are, yes, there are certain things, big decisions that have a lot of, you know, repercussions for and that have to be carefully thought out and Uh, sometimes, you know, we're talking about things that in the story of love and life, as I say, is not going to make that big of a difference. And if you make little decisions quickly and easily, that's going to lead you when you get to a big decision, make it a lot easier.
1: All right. I like it. Work out your decision-making muscle. So what are the steps to getting to a good decision?
0: Okay, good. Good question. So I What I did was I did this for a client who was trying the operative word to make a big decision about something. I think it was about a job change. And there are, I think, four steps to this. The first step is having an overall vision. That's your highest level. So that's where you look at the big picture. That's where you look at the decision in the big picture. So, or the third, I call it the 30,000 foot view, because what, you know, if this is a job change or you're going to be making a significant move or, you know, these are stressful decisions that people make, having kids, not having kids, moving, changing jobs, et cetera. So what's the overall vision for your life? I mean, how do you see yourself spending your days? Are you helping people? Do you have children, the aged family members, learning? Do you love learning, developing yourself or other people, offering a service or product, having leisure time to travel, planning events, investing? All of those can give you information about what your overall vision is. So what do you value? Is it teaching? Is it working with people, working with machines? travel, exploration, discovery, adventure. It doesn't matter. What matters is you know what it is. Because once you have that overall vision, then the decisions you make towards that vision are going to be a lot easier. So that's the first thing. Know what your overall vision is.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I I think this is important too. What's the best way for somebody to start defining what their vision is? I know you've always done a class, you've done a, a class annually called the vision board.
0: Yes. Is, yeah. that,
1: is that part of it? How does that process work?
0: Well, the vision of treasure boards, vision boards, those are, I, I think that's for a you know yearly uh, goal setting. It's more of a visual process. It's cut and paste and become like little kids. And that certainly can start the process but asking yourself where where do i want to end up where how do i want to spend my time is it sailing the world is it living in a foreign country is it you know helping people as part of progress my overall life so you certainly can do that but it's important that you realize that you start with values what right. is it? and you can always look back And see where you, you know, look back into the past, see where you have spent time, see what really got you going, see what your most favorite experiences were. And from that, you can start to create and weave something about your life that is going to carry you forward. So it's looking at what it is that you value and, you know, I have a, a former student who decided that uh, she's an attorney, but she has decided that she also wants to or make a transition into importing products, specifically from France. And so one of the things that she did is she spent quite a bit of time learning French and spent has spent... A month in France, uh, studying with someone, a family where she was uh, very much like a foreign exchange student, right? Okay. Only she's an adult, and apparently they <laughs> have these programs, and and so that's part of, you know, that's one little thing that she's done as a step towards an overall vision of being able to make this transition between being a lawyer, which she's done for many years, to doing something that she, I think, thinks is more creative and, and fun because she loves travel. And she doesn't get to do that as much as an attorney. So look at what really jazzes you or your childhood dreams. Now, that's another way to get to it is when you were a child, what did you dream about? How did you think your life was going to unfold? And that can also give you clues as to where you want to be headed. And I I think, Alex, that a lot of people let go of their childhood dreams, you know, when life takes over, and we talk ourselves out of the vision that we had and thinking, Oh, it's not possible. Or, you know, now I'm saddled with these, you know, four kids or whatever it is, everything that you do or have done can contribute to the next step that you take towards creating the kind of life that you want. It's not, you're not throwing out anything. It's all part of the matrix.
1: All right. Well, I got some notes. Okay,
0: Good. So once you have that vision, then the next part of that is the question, well, how can that vision be met? These are your possible outcomes. And you may have several of them to create the vision. And one may be, it may be a career change. It could be a hobby. I mean, you don't necessarily have to do for a living that which that you know, gets you going. I love photography. I have had a camera in my hand since I was eight years old. Uh, I don't want to do it for a living. It's never been a vision of mine. However, I do like, it does serve me and my creative side in a lot of different ways. So, it could be having you know family a certain a family living in a certain place being a homemaker all of those are outcomes and all of them can contribute to creating of course the kind of life that you want so if it's having a career or it's working for someone else or it's working for yourself it doesn't matter what how is that vision that you want going to be met i know people who they love travel. One of them is a travel agent. The other one is a trainer, an NLP trainer who travels all over the world and teaches. So you see your vision can be met in a lot of different ways. And in one case with the trainer, she had a map of the world, you know, as as a child in her bedroom. That was her picture, a big map of the world on on her wall. And she used to imagine herself daydream about visiting all of these exotic places. And you know, she used to read travel mag- magazines and do all kinds of study, you know, research on different places in the world. And then she ends up picking a profession where she gets to travel to different places in the world and teach. So she loves teaching, she loves NLP. And this helps her to explore and discover different places in the world that she can do that. My other friend is a travel agent. And, you know, they're constantly, almost constantly, not since the pandemic, of course, but traveling different places and exploring them for their customers, seeing what's what's available and what can be done and some of the amenities some place might have. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways, there's a lot of outcomes that you can use to create your vision. Yeah, an outcome can be met through a certain type of career. It could be teaching, financial planning, it could be being an artist, a trainer, a business coach, a travel agent, all of those. I mean, there's just, it just never ceases to amaze me the number of different occupations that are available to people now that at one time weren't available
1: right all right so um, i actually love outcome frames doing them for myself they're they're a lot of fun maybe that's something we can cover in a future podcast but now that you have your vision and your possible outcomes and this is always important but uh what are the criteria Talk to us about getting the criteria met in the outcomes. Okay, what's important
0: great. to that? Yes. So now you've got the vision, your possible outcomes, and you're going to have to decide what are the criteria met in the outcome. So, what's important to you about the outcomes? So, for example, if a person's criteria is being and you, you're probably going to have at least five in a hierarchy. So, let's say the person likes working independently. They want to make over $100,000 a year. They want balance in their life, in other words, a personal life as well, and maintaining their health. So you want to choose a path and outcome that's going to fit each of those criteria. You might not be suited for running your own business because you need structure. So where can you get other criteria met so that you can have what you want and still get the structure so it's asking yourself questions you know if this is important if i need structure it may not be a criteria but i need it anyway in order to be functional where can i get that and still still get the other things be independent because you can still work sometimes in some jobs and careers where you are independent even though you may not may be working for somebody or making a hundred thousand dollars a year, or having the balance with the personal life and being able to take care of their health and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah,
1: this has always been a great chunking down process for me. Right. I chunk things in really small pieces anyway, so that's been a, that's always been really helpful from an outcome standpoint to chunk that down.
0: Yes. So make sure though that. If something, see, one of the important things about this, you have that vision, you have your outcomes, and you're really clear on your criteria. And if something doesn't meet one of your strong criteria, criterion, guess what? Don't go that way. Because other opportunities will come along. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we choose things you know, in haste, because they may look attractive and you may hope something's going to change, but it doesn't really fit what's important to you. And thinking long-term, will that change? So let me give you an example. When I bought my house, my, the house that I currently live in, it did not have a garage. And I moved from a house that had a garage. So I had a list of other criteria Garage wasn't necessarily on that. I mean, we do live in Texas, right? So a lot of people have garages that are storage lockers, and they (laughs) keep their car, you know, outside, because we don't have real severe weather, for the most part. I mean, we're not going to be, they're not going to be buried under four feet of snow. So we don't have to worry about that. So, you know, a lot of people park their cars in you know, in their driveway or whatever. So I did have some very specific criteria. First of all, I wanted big windows. I wanted to have a, a look outside where I could see, you know, a beautiful backyard. I wanted trees. Uh, trees were a big part of that. And I, of course, you know, I wanted a couple of bathrooms. I wanted open space you know, a lot of the older homes in Dallas are the more traditional where the rooms are all chopped up. I don't necessarily like the great big open spaces now that they're doing where you walk in and there's the kitchen right there. I'm not real fond of that, but I do like to have space. And when I walked into this house, I looked right into the back room. There's this huge, there's a vaulted ceiling, this is a mid-century modern which is really unusual for that and a big picture window huge from floor to ceiling and had you could open the windows and it was, it was really cool and so i fell in love with it it didn't have a garage and you know as the years have gone by it's been almost 20 years the years have gone by man i wish i had that garage <laughs> you know <laughs> and i kicked myself for being so focused on some other criteria that could have been met and not purchase this house of course that was 20 years ago and i'm still here cuz i'm not <laughs> i don't like to move it's a big upheaval that's a big decision which i have not decided to to do but that kind of thing sometimes, you know, be really clear. If that's important to you, then guess what? And, and project out, you know, 5, 10 years is if you're going to stay in a house that long, make sure that it's got everything that you're going to want or as much as you think is possible simply because if you get down the road and you decide... You've decided and then you wanted something, you know, with a house, it's not all, you can't just go, oh, well, I think I'll get something else. I mean, there's a lot that goes on when deciding on a house and moving yeah. there and living there. And then I've
1: actually, you, I just bought a house, actually.
0: Oh, that's right. How is that?
1: Oh, it's great. You, it has you bought three,
0: an acreage, it looked to me like.
1: Yeah, it's about, a, it's a half acre. And it, it does, it has a three-car garage. Oh, um,
0: good. Maybe I'll borrow it.
1: <laughs> it was only high, high on the. It was actually high on the criteria list. We we came from a one car garage, so sure. The other criteria was not as complicated. We the houses ended up being a bit bigger than what we think we need, but you know, the there's a whole bunch of other criteria that comes into my head when buying an asset like that. Yes, and and it was checking off all the boxes, so sure. It was an easy decision for me. My wife was like, "Do we really need to build this big house?" And yes, we we do. <laughs> we do.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the thing of it is, too, Alex, that you know, opportunities. You know, as you're in the process of developing criteria, opportunities will come along. You know, that have a lot of glitz and glitter, but you really have to hold firm to what it is that you really want because they'll just like neiman marcus they they'll never run out of beautiful things you know and uh there there's something out there for everyone it's just a matter of being committed enough to find it so yeah. developing criteria around and outcomes around jobs and relationships and careers even vacations and you know developing your vision your outcome and criteria and uh, make sure that you know you can go down the road. I had a, a little example one time where uh, the boss says to you, well, you've reached your salary cap for the your position, and um, the next promotion you would get is his position, and he's 35 years old and plans to stay there forever, and you want more money? Uh, guess what? Maybe it's time to move on unless other needs are being there met there that you find more valuable. So that's one thing is to, you know, develop some options. Don't think that something's going to change just because you want it because sometimes they don't. And I've seen people get real stuck in careers because they thought something was going to change and then it didn't or it changed and it didn't necessarily change in a favorable direction. So sometimes it's, Going and creating some choices and options for yourself.
1: That's it. I remember in one of our classes, you, when we were talking about this, you know, when it comes to your outcomes, when you give it to the universe, give it enough room for the universe to make a good decision on your behalf, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or to help um, yeah. you in
1: a good way.
0: Yeah. I think just, just from our listening audience, What Alex is referring to is just not being so bent on a particular outcome, having it be a particular way that you miss opportunities. Like one time, a fellow who was taking my classes, he wanted new living room furniture. This was a treasure board thing. And so he put on his treasure board new furniture, right? All this beautiful living room furniture, et cetera. Well- then he started dating someone and eventually that turned into a marriage, a living situation in a marriage. He liked her furniture. She had great furniture. So sometimes, you know, we, we don't want to necessarily tunnel vision into having it given to us in a certain way. And so what I always say and I go, okay, this or something better, this or something better. So then I don't get caught into, oh, it's got to be this way. Right. And then miss a great opportunity because you know i wasn't really thinking that it had to be a certain way so yeah so that's what alex is referring to yeah is you know throwing it up to a higher a higher power consciousness or whatever you want to call it to say this or something better then you don't have so much energy on it having to be a certain way yeah
1: yeah but i think my my favorite example is i must make x at the company i'm at right now right well, it's a that's a bit of a pigeonhole in that one.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And I've seen people almost ruin their health with you know, so focused on it's gotta be a certain way. I've gotta I've gotta make this money. And if they don't make it, something terribly is wrong with the universe or themselves. And it may not be necessarily you may have to move in order to get that money. You know, I've known women whose biological clock was ticking and just, I mean, it consumed them. They wanted to have a kid and ended up marrying someone who was totally inappropriate for them, simply because that's what they wanted, the kid. So then they have their kid. And, you know, five, six years down the road, they're, you know, marching in divorce court, because, you know, the relationship was based on something that wasn't well formed. So I, I think that people No, it's great to have your vision and your outcomes, but be in your criteria and stick to your criteria, but know that in order to get them, you may have to change, make a decision to change and, (laughs) uh, you know, go someplace else. So, yeah.
1: Well, if you know your criteria and it pops up, and you're open to the idea that it could be something else, it might be a lot easier, actually. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Because then you let... You know, just the universal nature, take over and be able to um, lead you in the right direction, flow, as they call it. You go into flow and then uh, it's much more easy to be drawn to or attracted or whatever word you want to say. You get on the right track. It's a lot easier.
1: Well, what else do we need?
0: Okay. So the fourth step is information. So, you know, once you have your vision and outcome and criteria, now you have to have, make sure that you have enough information to make a decision. I remember one of my clients one time years ago, she comes in, she sits down, she goes, you know, I've been, I know I'm going to get this job offer. I want to take the job, but I just can't decide. You know, she'd be, she'd interviewed, she was so conflicted and indecisive about whether she was going to take the job or stay in her own business. And, you know, after I asked her a couple of questions, it was apparent to me she didn't have enough information about the job to even make a decision, hence the Mm -hmm. indecision. So even your intuition will work better with more information. What she didn't know, she had some salary requirements. (laughs) She didn't know how much they were going to offer her in salary. I said, well, how can you make a decision when you don't even know I mean, that's like picking out a house on a street and going, I want to buy that house. You don't even know if it's for sale or whether somebody would sell it to you or not. I, it's right. it's a little convoluted. So having that information, and if you find that you have everything else in place and you can't decide, it's probably because you don't have enough information. And so that's when research that that curiosity needs to take over and you start doing some due diligence and research about what would be there. Because I I guarantee you, once you have enough information, usually it's easy to decide. It becomes difficult to decide and we become conflicted because we don't know. There's too many unknowns. So you're just basically shooting fish in a barrel. All right. Sometimes, uh, I do want to say just something about intuition, and that is, if something nags at you, pay attention, especially a pervasive, uh, I'm not going to call it negative feeling, but just a feeling of unsettledness. When you have information, it may be something you need to check out by gathering more information. If you can't get more information, then you're going to have to decide either yes or no, you know, based on something else. And sometimes I think, you know what, if it gets too hard to decide something's telling me something, I better back off and just, uh, it may be a timing issue. So, you know, sometimes we're, like you say, so focused on getting what we want in the present situation that we don't necessarily wait to see what else is out there. So timing's the next thing is once intuition is there, you know, sometimes it's not either or, but sometimes it's when, you know, sometimes choices can be ordered on a timeline to contribute to a progression of accomplishments. Each step is part of the development for the next step. So do I take the dream job or do I take this consulting job for four months? So, you know, maybe the consulting job leads to the dream job. Or I can do the consulting job for four months because it's not a permanent position while I'm looking for that dream job. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, sometimes you can have it all and they can both be a part of a larger vision. I know from my own personal experience how everything that I've done contributes to a lot of the skills that I have in NLP as far as asking questions, calibrating people, being curious, and you know helping them move along their life in the direction that they want to go. I mean, everything that I've done, including being in medical research and working in a lab has helped me create resources and skills that I use today. So it may not be either or it could be just when.
1: All right. I like it. All right. So I feel like we have a formula for decisiveness. What, what's the recap?
0: Okay. So the recap is be very clear on your overall vision. And you want to spend some time with this You don't want to just say, oh, it's this, but look back into your past, see what really gets you going, revs your engine, so to speak, and make sure that looking into the future in the far future, it's where you want, what you want to be doing. Then be clear about your outcomes that would give you the vision be concise about your criteria that will meet those outcomes and then gather enough information so that your decision will be intelligent. And Alex, this is one of my favorite quotes that I've used off and on for years. The person who successfully flies by the seat of their pants has taken flying lessons. I love it. So any thoughts about decision-making?
1: Uh, You know, I've consumed a lot of this podcast for myself. It's uh, something that's good to go through. I actually found a recent picture of my master's graduating class and didn't realize it was seven years ago, 2013. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Doesn't time just fly by? It really does. I had somebody call me up the other day. She She set an appointment with me for starting in November. I worked with her over twenty years ago on something and it, she said it made a huge difference in my life. Now I'm ready to work on something else. So she's, you know, gonna come back and do a series of appointments on a particular issue she's dealing with. So you know it just I know it it's just amazing When I look at my wall of fame for my students, for our listening audience, we take a picture at the end of every training so that with a sign that says what the date is and what the class is. And then a picture goes up on these great big bulletin boards so I can look and see when when did they graduate? (laughs) (laughs) Because it it just sometimes seems to run all together. But yeah, seven years, wow, that's... Everything is solidified by now, I would say, Alex.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of, you know, spending a little bit of time on a a weekly or monthly basis going through and and reorganizing some of the outcomes. Um, Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. In fact, you came from SMU, didn't you? When I used to teach that little class.
1: I did. Yeah, I did. That
0: that was so much fun.
1: And you told me. Just take the next class. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: and so he did.
1: <laughs> and here he
0: is, seven years later, you know, married with two kids, very successful, um, you know, investment career. I mean, who knew? Could you have even thought about that? You yeah.
1: Know? No. It, yeah. I mean, it, it became an outcome, actually, right after taking master's. We did a lot of outcome work with some of my friends. And, sure. And yeah, I mean, we really two of us have worked hard at it. It's all coming into our lives. So, yeah,
0: it's pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing to watch people's lives develop post post NLP. So, it's all it's all good. Anyway, a couple of things I just wanted to mention as we roll into the end of the year, which will be here before we know it. Is that I am starting a a three-hour. It's not every single week, but for 50 weeks, it's going to be a three-hour. I call it Mastery in NLP. It's got all the practitioner and master's material in it, and it's going to be on Zoom. So um, I've got people all you know that didn't want to do a weekend training now is doing small chunk weekday training. And since I used to teach a basic class like that only at night, this is on Friday when a lot of people don't really have a lot going on anyway. They're cruising into the weekend. And yeah. so so that's one of my new, new things coming up. And, of course, I've started a weekend program that uh, we've just gotten one weekend done. But that's available. And the nice thing about being virtual is that anybody can take the program. The master's program I just started here last month has a person from California and two people from Kentucky and you know one from Oklahoma so the people are you know from all over it's it's fun it's fun to have that kind of location diversity in the training
1: all right so, so if i wanted to sign up for that how does one go about that
0: good thank you so certainly you could go to the website it'll have more information the best way to do it is just to email me at susan at nlptrainingconcepts.com. And I'll be happy to email you back information about it and how to get started. I even mail people's manual to them. And so they get their manual. I have Amazon send them a binder so they don't have to do anything you know, it'll just come to them in the mail and then they can start taking the class. So that would be the best way. If they're in the States, they can call me at 214-351-5433. Susan at or 214-351-5433. So Alex. That concludes,
1: yeah, that concludes another successful podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Everybody stay safe out there and take care of yourself, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Brain Language Podcast. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite listening platform to keep up with our newest episode.
0: Be sure to visit our website, www.nlptrainingconcepts.com. And find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter by searching NLP Training Concepts to keep up with free resources, upcoming training, and fantastic content. Thank you for joining us and taking our minds to the next level. We'll see you next time.